Lumberjacks, welcome back to another episode of Lumber Chats, Inside NAU, where we give you an inside look into lumberjack life. This episode, we're celebrating Black History Month, and I'm really excited to have my sisters on here with me today to have a real conversation. We'll be sharing Black History Month through our eyes, discussing the highs and the lows we've encountered and everything in between. Hi, everyone. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to this month's Black History Podcast. Today, I had the opportunity to talk to two great young women about what it's like to be Black college students, the importance of Black culture, and more. I hope you enjoy. See, this is a podcast for Black History Month. First, can you guys introduce yourselves? And so just say your name, your name, where you're from, and where you go to school. My name is Morgan Bell. I go to Eastern Washington University, and I'm from California. Hi, my name is Kayla Brown. I go to El Camino Community College, and I am from California. Thanks for being here with me, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So, my name is Carrington Bell. I'm a first-year grad student I'm at NAU, and I'm from California. I said I'm also your sister. So. Oh, yes, and Morgan is also my sister. You guys are both my sisters. Aww. So, okay, the first question I have for you guys is, what does Black History Month mean to you? Um, it means learning about where we came from, you know? It means understanding who we are as a people and how we do things and how we, you know just live our life, you know? I feel like when people think Black History Month, they always think about just slaves and then Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King. Like they take that huge jump, you know? And they don't really talk about like, they didn't take slaves from Africa. They took actual like scientists and mathematicians, astrologists, and then forced them to be slaves, you know? And so not a lot of people understand that, so. It's just really like understand, getting a good understanding of like who we are and not just that big gap, you know, that we have. Uh, for me, Black History Month means like celebrating our culture and being able to um, celebrate our ancestors and what they've accomplished. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I yeah. think when I was younger, I thought Black History Month was recognizing like slavery and also recognizing mostly the civil rights movement, but as I've gotten older, and I think like with everything going on now, it's definitely just a time to reflect on just black excellence and like our culture and everything our culture represents. So kind of transitioning into the next question, how has celebrating Black History Month changed now from when we were younger? Um, I think just kind of like we were talking about that huge gap, you know, like it's, it's weird like because I, I also think that they sugarcoated it for us too because, you know, it's not just, you know, oh, you guys were down low and now you're here and, and all these wonderful things. Like, no, we went, we were in the trenches for a very, very, very long time. Like, literally... 1619 was the first time a slave stepped on this land and it's been 400 some years and it's still like we're still in the trenches like everything yeah like we have our you know our accomplishments but now like growing up I've learned a lot of things that the school did not teach us about and it kind of like you know it, it shocked me some things I was like okay um well, we didn't know the real history behind that. They just sugarcoated it. So now since I'm older, I'm starting to do things on my own, watching documentaries and movies about stuff. And it's very like interesting. Yeah, I, could, I feel like I could handle it. When I was younger, um, when I was in my history classes, they would talk about like how African-Americans were in slavery. And every time they brought that up, I would get really sad and I couldn't handle it. And I always thought what would have happened if like me, you, Carrington, mom and dad and grandmother were in that time and we were in that, we were in their shoes 
and that always that scared me a lot because like I love you guys and I don't want to lose you but Morgan, today I can ha- I'm handling I'm not crying I said <laughs> sorry so now but now like I'm taking I'm taking like three African history classes and I hand, I'm handling it a lot better and I'm learning so much about like how how people were like treating us because we were different and like our religions and our beliefs were different and they tried to change us. Do you guys think that we felt this way or we feel like Black history was sugarcoated because we all went to predominantly white schools growing up? Well, at least for high school. Um, yeah, like, well, yeah. You go, you go, Morgan. Okay. Well, I feel like they only sugarcoat it was because, like, they don't want to believe it. Like, they don't want to, they don't want us to know the truth about the past. And they don't want to believe, like, that actually happened. So they sugarcoat it or they don't talk about it. They're afraid to talk about it because they know it's the truth because it actually happened. There's proof. <laughs> People yeah, have been through that. Yeah, I I think, like, for me, like, growing up, I always went to diverse schools, and then that changed when I went to high school and I met you guys at Penn and everything, and it was, even, like, even though I did go to, like, those diverse schools, it was still kind of, like, my dad will always say, like, every February, oh, Kayla, ask your teacher to, you know, talk about Black history, talk about Black history, and I didn't want to, like, shake the table and like, hey, can you like do this for me? Like, I definitely did not want to do that pin because you know, like, one, I'm the only black girl in the class. It might be me and another black person. I know Morgan and I had our first history class together, sophomore yeah. year, and like, I didn't want to shake the table. I didn't want like, even though our, my teacher was cool and everything, it was just like, I don't know. Like when we talk about stuff, I always get the eyes on me and everything. And then I also feel like when things don't aren't talked about, it becomes a cycle. And that's why, especially with now, like social media now and kids now, they think certain things aren't what they are, if that makes sense. And it's like, no, like we try to tell them like, okay, this is created by a black person or we're trying to gatekeep black music because it's for us. And it was like, you know, for us and everyone's like, it's just music, no. And I'm like, if you think about it, we make most of the genres, and except for opera, like yeah. rock and roll, black, jazz, jazz. blues, R and B, hip hop. Yeah, like, and it's it's very funny because it's like they don't want to listen, and it's like, okay, well, half of the most of the things that are in your house was created by a black person. Mm-hmm. So can we please talk about it? And because it's, it's something that needs to be talked about so people can have the knowledge and not spread this falsehood. Yeah. At times, like if as a Black person, if, if you do stand up or you do speak your mind, especially where we went to school, it was kind of like, okay, she's trying to start something. Right. When yeah. it's like, no, I'm just like, like tell, I'm trying to like educate you and tell you what's happening but because you don't want to listen you think i'm just trying to be an angry black person we're just telling you information that actually happened because you're not learning it in school so yeah i honestly don't remember celebrating black history month at all Look, so <laughs> no like, when, as, oh, like as a I child don't, i don't I, even remember yeah, celebrating okay, black history month you, you didn't you didn't start you didn't go you moved in high school, right? Yeah, I started going up there on the hill in high school. Okay. So me and Morgan have been up there since like we were in elementary school. I don't mm-hmm. remember one Black History event ever happening, ever. No, I don't think I, I remember I, when legit, I don't think I ever celebrated Black History Month in a school setting until college. Mm-hmm. No, but remember oh, that wow. one time, but remember one time mom uh, got us out of school early because she wanted us to go to that Black History Museum in LA? Oh, yes. I do remember it was, yeah, it was Black History Month and our mom took us out of school 
to go yeah. to the Black History Museum. But like, if our mom hadn't done that, we wouldn't have been exposed to anything because we didn't learn it in school. A lot of my Black history, Morgan, I feel like since we lived in the same household, it's the same, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. But I feel like a lot of our Black history was learned through our parents and learned through yeah. TV. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I feel like grandmother taught us more than our class than anyone else. Yeah. Like, I, I think for me, it was like I, you know, had that privilege of having a big family because my dad's 10 out of 11 uh, siblings. And so, like, they were always like, they're educators, they're in the school system. I had an uncle who's a US diplomat. And so I always had that input, like everyone was always, okay, this is what happened. And this is why your family moved from Georgia to California during this time. This is all this. Like, I remember in middle school, no, elementary school, I did my, cause my dad's from Watts. I did my, one of my projects on the Watts Towers, even though it wasn't made by a black person, but you know, Watts is in like predominantly black neighborhood. Yeah. Then middle school, I did a project on the Watts riots because my dad literally lived, was living in Watts at the time and lived across the street from one, uh, from like all the, you know, rioting and the uh, stores getting like broken into and stuff like that. And so he gave me pictures that he took from the riots. And so I was always, you know, in that stuff. I went to a predominantly black church so I got that so Black History Month. Okay, time to do the Black History program. Kayla, you're doing the speech and we're doing all this. So I was able to, you know, get a lot of my information from people with, in my community. I can say like having to go through that, like not being exposed to it at a real young age definitely did affect me in high school. Well, middle school and high school. Because so I was sometimes embarrassed like if we had to do a presentation on a historical figure, like yeah. our parents would be like, pick someone black. But kind of like I said before, I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to stand out. And yeah. I didn't want to feel like I was like causing anything. So I was more, it's sad thinking about it now and it like breaks my heart, but I leaned more towards picking a white person than a black person. But yeah. now I know it's because growing up, like in school, I didn't have that education and like my culture wasn't celebrated. And even like, I'm gonna like BSU, I'm sorry, but our BSU in high school compared to now, like what I have in college, BSU was like a joke. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> when I tell <laughs> you, junior <laughs> year when they gave that to Zoe and I, we tried our hardest. To no, like, like I know you guys, yeah. you guys did, but like when I was a freshman, yeah, freshman through my no, even through my senior year, it was like a joke. We didn't do anything. Yeah, like yeah. it was oh, crazy too because sweatshirts, but it was like okay, yeah, got cool sweatshirts. Now, like what? So now what? <laughs> like yeah, and you know what was weird too? Like I was like, you know, junior year, I was like who cares like because my first two years up there on the hill I was like okay look I'm gonna have to wear a mask to school every single day I don't want people to think I'm the angry black girl aggressive uh you know and so I was like you know what I'm gonna just make my friends with whoever I make my friends with then junior year I was like you know what we need this representation like black kids are actually coming up to this school like I need to do something so when they gave BSU to Zoe and I our junior year we were like, okay, cool, great. Uh, we got a teacher who went to a black college and who's in a black sorority. Like, cool. We we thought we were set. And then we got invited to all these different uh, high school BSU things, like cookouts and stuff, and we couldn't go because she had to like do stuff with her uh, sorority. And so we were just like, okay, well, I made lesson plans for first semester and second semester I made lesson plans for the whole semester and we had our meetings on Wednesdays I'll look up something and type like a little thing that I'm going to talk about and then it was cool you know we brought pizza because we had a whole bunch of money inside of our account for BSU 
So we just bought pizza for uh, lunch and everybody will come. But then senior year, I was like, you know what? Let's stop bringing the pizza and see if anybody else would care. And so we stopped bringing the pizza and they all went away. The only people who were there was me, Zoe Morgan, Madison, Madison sir, like a, basically the whole board. Yeah. That was it. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm wasting my time putting together lesson plans to teach these kids about Black history and what's going on in current events with Black people. And nobody cares. Great. I'm done. And I'll never forget, we did the step team with the teachers, too. I think that was like our sophomore year. And I look at, back at the video now, and I'm like, y'all did not care when... <laughs> I was like racially, you know, attacked and you guys did the step with us. And you expect me to say, and you expect me to believe that you guys care about your whole entire student body? No. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy thinking about how like, just the difference between your guys' class and my class. Like you guys kind of, I mean, it, it wasn't perfect, but you guys kind of had unity like you guys had that little group like yeah where yeah. you like you guys <laughs> would at least acknowledge each other you know like you might have not been yeah. but you acknowledge yeah. each other my class yeah. like it was just like i don't know you i'm not gonna <laughs> pretend i like you like it just wasn't it's sad it, i mean we didn't talk to each other yeah i talked to like two people and but yeah, i feel like was like no we don't associate with, like, I don't want to say this, but it was like, it was like, cate- they categorized black kids. It was oh, yeah. The, yeah. For sure. B- the black kids that knew they were black, and then the, and black, then the kids black kids were black, who but didn't want to accept the fact that they were black. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, we don't, we don't communicate <laughs> with each other. And I was like, what the heck? Like, what is yeah, like, I, when I went up there, I was like, like okay, cool. Like, it's going to be something new. One, I was like, okay. My mom told me, she was like, Kayla, you are going to be in a school where you are, when you walk into the room, everybody's staring at you. It's not because of who you are. It's because of what skin tone you are. And I was like, okay, cool. So when I tried out for the tennis team, only black girl, on the, uh, I think it was like me and like two other girls on the team, but I was the main one playing. The other girls would just like sit out or whatever. Then classrooms, I was like only black person or me and one other black person and that black, other black person is my friend. Okay, cool. And I was like, this is, this is something else. You know, the teachers, you know, we had that one teacher that was black, but didn't really acknowledge the fact that he is black. black. (laughs) The closest thing we had to a a black uh, like figure was Miss T, the security guard. That was the closest thing. And Kevin. And Kevin. And and Kevin. Yeah. Those are those two were the only (laughs) two that really like was there for us if we needed. So it was it was crazy. I was like, and now that I look up, now that I think about it, I look back and I'm like. If I was at school, like high school, with the mindset that I have now, oh no, they wouldn't, I would have been like suspended or something because they wouldn't know how to handle it. Because I think, honestly, I feel like we were just trying to get through. Yeah. Yeah, we were just trying to get through high school. Because it was, it graduate. Was, <laughs> like, I wasn't trying to, like, I wasn't trying to stand out. Cause mm-hmm. I, it was like, I knew what I had to do to get through it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm just gonna, I'm not, I mean, unless, I didn't really unless care my senior really year. crazy happens, then I'm just gonna, I, my goal is to graduate and go to college. That's it. I'm not trying to start anything with you guys. You can no stay fight. over there. I'm going to stay over here and we're just going to call it a day. You stay in your lane. I'll stay in my lane. Right, because that thing that happened to my, my sophomore year kind of radicalized me, you could say, because I, I was like, after that happened, I was like, oh, word? Cool. So junior year, I'm coming, no, not holding back. Don't speak to me any kind of way. I heard people asking for the N-word passes at football games. 
I heard so many things. I've seen white people wearing do-rags. Someone called my satin scarf a do-rag. They said, Kayla, nice do-rag. And at first it was funny. I was like, ha, 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 whatever. And I was like, yo, we're not going to do this anymore. The joke is old. Like, it's been almost a whole school year. Like, just get over it. I've been called aggressive by the tennis team. I was like, you know what? Look, it's over. Like, okay, I, I want to ask you guys, do you feel like... Like, why do you think kids were asking for N-word passes? Because I never, thought, I never understood that. I was like, why are you asking? Like, no, you can't. No. It's literally because, okay, you know, Black people, we are trendsetters of the whole world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Our fashion. <laughs> Look at the stuff from the 90s that we wore that's coming back into fashion now. The big gold hoop earrings, the gold mm-hmm. chains, the ac- long acrylic nails everyone thought was hood rat, and now everybody's getting them, you know? And I think when we take back something and say, okay, it's ours. We unfortunately do not have the privilege to gatekeep any of our culture because everybody else wants it. And it's seen as pop culture. And so when we want to be like, okay, look, the N word, like, you know, like that's ours. They're like, oh, but you guys say it all the time. It should be okay. And it's like, we say it. We say it because not y'all. We can like, say it. Two different things. Can't say the N word. <laughs> Yeah, it means two different things. So I also want to check, okay, I want to ask you guys this. A lot of people feel like we just should not say the word, like, at all. Because Mm -hmm. the word has a negative connotation to it. But also, I know, Kayla, you just said, like, we use the word and we took it back and now it is empowering to some people. So, like, do you guys agree that we shouldn't just say it, like, we should just scrap it? Or do you think it is actually an empowering thing? I, I mean, Morgan, do you want to take this? I mean, I feel like no matter what, people are going to say it. But people have, like, different perspectives on the word. Because some people, some people will be offended. Some people will think it's empowerment. I guess it just depends on the person. I, I, I think, like, I, I see both sides of the argument we shouldn't use it, we should, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, coming from someone who uses it, um, like, basically, almost on a daily basis, when I'm using it around my friends, like, it's not, it's kind of like the B word, right? We could be yeah. having a conversation, us three, and call each other that, and it's cool, no problem, because we understand who we are. But if a guy comes around, or a girl that we don't know says that to us, it's all of a sudden, like, whoa, and so it's a it's a community thing. Like I don't think it's honestly I don't think it's empowerment. I think it's just like a okay, like what's up? Like how are you? Like my dog, kind of like type thing. Yeah. But yeah. I see how they say, oh, okay, well we shouldn't use it because you know it was used to degrade us and it means worthless and ignorant. Da da da. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand that. That's the root of it. But I think people also forget that the only reason why they called us that word with the er is because they couldn't pronounce the river, which is the Niger River that has one G. So it's like, did you guys really create a word or did you just accidentally <laughs> do something? Like, come on now. And so like, I see both sides, like, yeah. but I mean, literally anything we do, we can't gatekeep because yeah. they just take it because they think it's theirs. And it's not just white people. It's the whole world. Yes, yeah, like the whole world. Because I know a whole lot of people who say it. And they're just like, oh, no, I'm a minority. I can say it. No, j- just because you're a minority. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. You still can't say it. You can't say it. Or the, it's, it's disrespectful to just say it around me. You know? Yeah. Thank you. And that's all I'm saying. And like, I feel like if you say it in the dark, in, in your room by yourself, I don't Fine, whatever. I whatever. can't do anything about it. But you have the courage to say it around me. That's an issue. And the thing is with that, I hate when people are like, oh, well, so-and-so gave me the N-word pass. Okay, <laughs> well, let's just say so this. So. Right. I'm not, I'm not him. So you have a a card that's only lets you go into one side of the building. You try to use that card another side, you can't get in and you might get in trouble. If you say that around me, so-and-so's not here. I could punch you because he I didn't say you could say it to me. 
And first of all, we shouldn't be giving people N-word passes in the no, first place. No like, one should be asking for N-word passes. That shouldn't even be a you. thing. No one should be asking for N-word passes at Who all. invented that? <laughs> I who think the people the who invented pass? that are the Black people who want to see more, uh, validation from the white people or people around them. Because it's like, what's the point? What's what's the reason? What's the reason that you want to say it so bad? Okay, so now you have black. a black person that wants that says, okay, it's okay, it's okay. You can say whatever. That black person just sets you up because if you say it to another <laughs> black person, you're getting beat up probably, or you're getting oh, yeah. called out. Sometimes so, they just want to be black. I feel just want to be black. Everyone just wants to be black. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I was gonna say it, but everybody wants to be an N-word until it's time to be an N-word. Be, to, to it's time to be one. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they get scared. Yeah, because <laughs> let the cops roll around. What's gonna happen? You're gonna be scared? Because I, I do. I got pulled over once <laughs> and I was terrified. Or like, I mean, a lot of people don't understand that. Like I've been in situations where when I'm driving, sometimes I will pull over and let the cop pass me, and then I'll, like, drive behind the cop. And I had someone ask me, I was like, they were like, well, why did you do that? And, I mean, I basically, I explained to her, I was like, well, I mean, do you watch the news? Like, black people are getting shot for no reason by the cops because, I mean, just driving while black. And I'm not trying to take that chance, especially if I'm driving at night. Mm. And like, I mean, the person just didn't get it. I didn't understand why she didn't get it. It's, I think it's, what I talk about all the time is generational trauma, right? So trauma that's passed down generation to generation to generation. We are scared of those things. We have anxiety when that happens to us or we see cops around because we know what happens in our community now outsiders might not understand what we feel because they're not us they can try to understand it but they won't really get it so like I remember I think it was a couple months ago I was coming home from Dunkin Donuts and it was nighttime and I got pulled over and I said oh wow this can't no i'm not gonna go out like this like this is not it i was terrified and i was like okay hey like my hands on the steering wheel i keep my uh id in the back of my phone because i keep my phone on the phone mount in the car so just to keep quick simple i don't want to reach into my bag i don't want to do all this because i'm aware of what happened in my community with other people and i don't want that to be me so I'm doing things ahead of time just to like, okay, got this, got that. Okay. Whew. I was so nervous. And then I had an incident where my grandma had gone to the hospital. And I guess one of the nurses had said something about um, elderly something because my grandma's been to the hospital a couple of times. So I come home, not five minutes until after I got home. I hear a knock on the door, uh, knock on the door, and I open the door and it's a cop, white dude, bald. I'm just staring at his badge number. I don't know why, but I got nervous and I started staring at his gun and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm terrified. And I knew he used to be like a wrestler or something because he had the cauliflower ear, you know, like the wrestlers have like that swelling in their ear. And I was just staring at that. I was like, okay, he's white, he's bald, he has a gun, he has a badge. And I was so terrified. He asked to come to my house. I panicked, said yes. Look at my grandma's room. And I told my dad, and I was like, dad, like this happened and I'm literally about to have a panic attack right now. And he was like, well, you shouldn't let him in the house. I was like, I didn't want to have him feel any type of way. And so I just did that. And so it's scary. Like not a lot of people would like understand that feeling. But that feeling, it's, it sucks. Like we shouldn't have to feel like that. Like the people yeah. that are supposed are supposed to protect us were terrified of. Oh yeah. Like that and, doesn't make yeah. any sense. That's like, and if you think about the history of 
the badge and the cops and everything, they were started off as slave catchers. And then when the slaves were free, they made all these BS rules uh, for slaves, for, for uh, Black people to, you know, follow. Like, you can't be outside at a certain time or you can't be outside doing nothing. And then those slave catchers became cops. So it's like, it's a historical thing. They're inherently racist. Like, and not a lot of people understand that. They're like, oh, but my dad's a cop. Okay, well, your dad might not be racist, but the system that he works for, it has a racist history. He might not be, but that system is. But that also that also sucks because like obviously not all cops are bad. Mm-hmm. But because yeah. like I've been pulled over, thankfully I've never come in cat like I've never come in contact with a cop that was rude for no reason. Mm-hmm. I've when I've been pulled over, the cops have always been cool. But like I'm like I dread the day that I get pulled over and the cop isn't gonna be so nice. Right. But I mean, it also yeah. sucks because we know that not all cops are bad, and the bad ones just ruin it for the for ones the who ones. actually like are on the job to protect and serve. Yeah, they just how they generalize all black people, we generalize cops because it's enough bad cops for us to get a bad taste in our mouth. Mm-hmm. So it's just like because there's been some stuff that's happened with my like uncle they've plant tried to plant drugs in my uncle's car one time they literally a SWAT team pulled over my dad in the Volkswagen like this is years ago asking him if they could uh buy it or whatever my dad says no like three times and he gets pulled over by a SWAT car and my dad says no a final time and then they write him a ticket for this BS uh, legal turn and took my dad to court and so good thing you know, the judge her, like understood my dad and was understood like, you know, where my dad was in the neighborhood and knew that it wasn't a legal turn and they let my dad go. Like, I have stuff that's happened to my family. So of course I'm going to feel like not safe. Yeah, I've been, the cops have been called on me just sitting in my car in front of my house. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of just... I don't know they're just ha- it has to change I don't know I feel like with what we're doing now and us as a community speaking out it's letting people know that like we're not going to stand for this and like it's gone on for too long and it needs to stop and I know it's not yeah, going to change overnight but yeah I feel like taking a stand is the first step mm-hmm. yeah because I like going for my little walks and not have to worry about cops passing me by because that's happened a lot because I remember I there was one time I was I went to the park and I was just sitting there and I I guess I sat there a little late because um I was walking home it got dark and then a car pulled behind me was slowly pulling behind me but then I guess he saw, I guess the car saw my lanyard and he sped off. It was a cop pulling behind me. Oh, wow. was, but luckily I had like my Easter lanyard. So he knew I was from the school and then he just drove past by me. Marna, stop going on walks by yourself at night. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't meet. Okay. This was during the day. I just happened to stay there a little too long. <laughs> than I wanted to. Uh-uh. Stop doing that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not doing it now because one, it's nine freaking degrees. So yeah, it's really, it's getting that's cold. That's a no. Now, so. I'm oh. chilling over here in California. So of course you are. <laughs> it's so to be y'all. Y'all be easy though. It's freezing here. But okay, degrees. to transition, <laughs> I want to ask you, like, we're all in college, we're all black college students. So I want to, I just wanted to ask you guys, if you wouldn't mind, can you share like how your college experience has been and how it's changed from being in grade school as a student? I would say for me, 
it's a lot different it's a whole lot different and it's a whole lot better because now like I'm not the only tall black female anymore and I'm not ashamed of being tall (laughs) because remember I hated being tall when I was younger I always come home crying to mom and I just be like I hate being tall I wish I was short like everyone else but now that I see tall African-American women who are either my height or taller I'm just like okay I mean I wasn't like ashamed of my height in like middle school or high school but but now that I'm like seeing more of women like me I'm just like okay I can deal with being tall now and I'm meeting and now I'm like meeting more black kids and seeing more black kids like every day like I think it's I think it's amazing because I've never it was a little weird at first but then I started seeing a lot more than people say I mean, everything's better in college they're not lying I mean for me I mean even just going to a community college it's like it's a big difference you know my teachers aren't just white you know I had you know True. yeah True. like I have some Hispanic teachers I was like cool like more diverse like the classroom is not just a whole bunch of white people and then me being the only black ink spot there you know like it's it's very diverse and you know um I had good thing I had like you know my aunt she's a um counselor at Ventura High School and so her husband and her always did these black college tours so sophomore year and junior year I went on the tours and everything and I really enjoyed them. I was able to see, you know, a college that was built by people that looked like me and um, everything. And it was really cool. So going to my JC, that my black college, like I call it like a little uh, the B, little the BSU there. I call it a little black college because everybody there was like so chill and the BSU meetings were like so much better. Like it was so much fun. We were playing games, like walling out games. We had a little talent show. It was just very like, it felt more at home mm-hmm. and more comfortable. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you. Um, it's funny. Yeah, I agree too. Um, like when I got here, I was, I was happy. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm still like, I'm still sometimes the only black kid in the class, mm-hmm. but I would like just being on a campus and seeing black people and having black people acknowledge my existence. Yeah. That was like the best feeling ever. Like that's kind of sad, but I mean, that's my reality. It's reality. I I went from a high school where no one would like acknowledge me or none of the black kids would acknowledge me to just like going being in the union and someone smiling at me like another black right. person smiling at me or just yeah. like hey what's up like it's a good feeling it, like it warms my soul and it's funny I'm like I was deprived of that for four years yeah I think we all were deprived of that I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, we had like our little group. Yeah, we had our group. Uh, and every day. Yeah, you guys had your group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we both. I didn't have anyone. Like I had my like two little friends, and then. Well, you know, I you know I was there. What you were a senior my freshman year, our yeah, freshman when, year when you guys were. Yeah, and I was there. Well, yeah, but like, okay, we never were in the same. Until high school, we were never in the same, like, school. Yeah. yeah. You guys were in middle school. I was in high school. And then when I was in high school, you guys were freshmen. <laughs> so, I mean, I had you for a year. And then, but the other two, three years, I was just by myself. But yeah. being in college, yeah, it definitely changed. Like, I had a, it was crazy because I had a friend at the time who was like, I told her, I was like, there's so many black people here. And she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I was like, I, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of black people here. I love it. She's like, there's no black people here. Like, 
It's better than the two, three percent that we have. Better than Peninsula. It's funny compared to my experience where I am, this is amazing. But compared to her experience growing up, she's like, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Like she's not, she wasn't used to being like the only black kid in the class, whereas I'm used to that everywhere I go. Yeah. I'm used to not being acknowledged by my own people. Whereas she's she's not used to that. Yeah. And just like the BSU like as a whole here is just way better. We at, there's mm-hmm. actually events. There's actually like conversations that are had that are educational and informative. It's not just free It's not sugar coated. No, like we talk it's about the truth. real issues and the truth about situations and things that need to happen to make change it's not just mm-hmm. like okay we're going to get free food and then dipping yeah <laughs> so it's it's definitely changed for the better i'm definitely i can say i'm more confident oh yes as a yeah, black woman for sure. like where Ooh. i was four years ago is definitely not where i am now yeah and I feel like my college experience has definitely helped me with that. I mean, it hasn't always been perfect, but like nothing is, you know, but it's definitely yeah. helped me for the better. I, I think like what I really liked was going on campus and seeing like everybody just be themselves. Nobody worried about nobody else. And I was like, you know what? This feels really good because I I don't have to wear a mask anymore. Like I'm not trying to be everybody's, you know, couple cup of tea. You know, if you don't like me, cool. I have other people that I can go talk to. They're perfectly fine with me and my blackness. And I don't. I didn't feel like I had to code switch so many times out of the day. You know, and like I saw one time. I saw a black girl walking and she was like a really dark skinned, really pretty girl. And she had this, um, I forgot what her hair was, but it was like a really, really pretty color. And I saw her walking and she walked past me. And I was like, I love your hair and your skin. Like you are so pretty. And she was like, oh, thank you so much. And it just felt good to say that to somebody who one acknowledged me and I can just make somebody else feel good because I didn't get that in high school. Like I come to school with a new hairstyle and everyone's like, oh, you got new hair? Like, so you grew your hair that quickly? It's like, nah, like here I could just be like, look, you're really pretty. You do your thing. And she's like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I'm like, wow, this felt good. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, yeah. you don't have to deal with the, oh my God, your hair is that long now? Or when you take out your braids, <laughs> did you cut your hair? Or can I cut your hair? No, can I don't. I like I say all the time, my hair is not a black hole for white hands. Do not touch my hair. Is that your real hair? I hated it. I hated it so much. And then when I cut my hair, everybody was like, like everyone's everyone's just so shocked that you came to school with a different hairstyle. I was like, yeah, yeah I chopped yeah. all my hair off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, so like, do you wash your hair um, every single day? No, we can't. No. What? That's disgusting. I can't. I can't. No, it's I can't. not. That's not. It's, it's just we need how oil. our hair works. Our natural yeah. oils in our hair is what helps our hair grow. We don't have to wash it every day. Right. But one, it's like, why does that matter so much to you? Like, it's my hair yeah. on my head. It shouldn't matter if I cut it, if I have braids, if I straighten it. If it's real, if it's fake. It's what grows right. in my head. It shouldn't matter. And it I should, bought it, it's mine. Or, You're yeah, I same. bought it, it's mine. It shouldn't Did, matter. Do you want the receipt, too? <laughs> it's like, it shouldn't matter. Just embrace the difference. Just embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. To have good hair, you go through a lot. To have that hair laid and slayed, yeah, it takes a lot. Right. To look good on a daily. (laughs) Our hair has to look good because if it doesn't, then people talk about it. Oh, yeah. Like, 
natural hair isn't professional or natural hair looks messy. When, like I said, this is the hair that grows out of my head. I They're just mad that our hair grows towards the sky. Yeah. Really that's <laughs> that part. But like, I shouldn't have to straighten my hair for you to feel comfortable. And isn't it crazy? Like there are rules to like stop discriminating against black natural hair. Yeah. Like it was, and then even seeing that uh, black kid that was wrestling and the ref had to like cut his dreads off. His dreads, yeah. And I was like, wow. Or that little black girl who got uh, suspended because she was wearing different color braids in her hair because they said it wasn't um, professional. And it's like- She was in like middle school? Wasn't she like in middle school? Yeah, she was like in middle school. And I'm like, really? Is are you can you guys really not handle hair? But then it's funny because like we straighten our hair and then you get that, oh, you're trying to look grown or whatever. Like when we were younger, like, oh yeah, you're trying to be grown. But like they can do the exact same thing. Like you, they can have curly hair, then straighten theirs. Oh my god, your hair is so pretty. It's so cute. And it's like, okay. No. Or it's like, or it's like straightening your hair, you're trying to be white. Or you get yeah. a weave and say, oh, but you're thinking our hair. Yeah. Nobody's asking for Caucasian wavy. Like our hair is like Brazilian. Brazilian. Malaysian. Like, yeah. What's the problem? Like, I don't get it. And literally, like, why we had to do that was for them to accept us. But now since we're doing that, they're not accepting us. It's very crazy. That shouldn't matter. So, yeah. like, why does it's, my hair matter? It's weird because it's like, then you have like, I think they forget that hair is also genetics. It's not all cosmetics. It's literally genetics. There could be a black girl who's my skin tone, our skin tone, with long blonde hair that's straight. It's just genetics. Yeah. Like, we're not taking anybody's culture. Now braids, like box braids and stuff like that. That's another that's, that's another very super. controversial topic. Like other people wearing box braids is like that's that's especially now, that's really heated. Like your hair's gonna fall out. Why do you wanna wear it? It's it's not built for your hair. Your hair is too thin to do that. You might have thick hair for you know your hair type for straight hair, but it's too it's still too thin because you're pull we're, you have to grip it you get braised the first two nights it's you so uncomfortable to sleep you have to pull it yeah so it's like come on and then like going back to like when kim kardashian got the braids and called them boxer braids they're not boxer braids. and then they want to change the whole thing up saying oh well um the Vikings wore braids. They weren't wearing braids with extensions in them. No. And I was like, do you guys not even know that the slaves use braids to hide like rice? And it was like a map. Yeah. Like you guys are totally just forgetting about that, but then just want to be like, oh, but I want to be included. You guys are saying no, so you're being oppressive to me. Like what? It's it's crazy. It's so unnecessary. Like, and let us just like, live our lives. And but also, no. it's like, well, like you said, it's like, well, you buy hair, you buy like Caucasian hair and sew it into your head. So why can't I wear braids? But that's not I the same. Know thing. <laughs> like straight hair is not part of anyone's culture. Like you said, straight it's blonde hair is not part of culture. There's black people who have who can have blonde and straight hair or blonde and curly hair but braids are part of a culture mm -hmm. so i mean yeah it's crazy it's a whole it's, it's so whole unnecessary on, it's, this is a debate on tiktok wow that's insane and, are fighting about braids on tiktok people Come speaking on. of racial arguments on tiktoks i made one about the Erykah Badu song that everybody was using and then like black people was using it to like uplift other black people, right? And so 
there was a white girl at the top of the sound and I kind of felt some type of way because I was like, dang, like it's an Erykah Badu song. And plus the song is not really talking about like, it's talking about like, if you listen to the lyrics, the song is for black people. It's saying if they, um, I forgot the lyrics at this point, but like, it was like talking about white people calling us by our names and everything like, you know, not being, you know, accepting us basically. And so, um, the amount of hate I got from people who are just like, it's just a song. You guys are trying to gatekeep music that's not even yours. And we're like, huh? Like, it's 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 our music. Last time I checked, like, Neil Soul, Erica Badu is, is Black. Last time I checked. So we can kind of, like, gatekeep some things. But then when we want to, all of a sudden they think that we're saying no and we're being racist to them. And I'm like, no, Every, it's all the other cultures can gatekeep something like, you know, certain things with Asian culture they can do, uh, Hispanic, uh, Latinx culture they can do, Native American culture that they could do that we can't, that they gatekeep. But when black people do it, it's all of a sudden, you're being rude, you're being uh, racist towards me because you're saying I can't listen to do this or I can't do this. It's like, no, we're just gatekeeping our culture. We're allowed to. But okay, so speaking of black music, are there any black artists or like just influencers that have, that just have helped you throughout your lifelong journey or our journey thus far? Yeah. Like when I was younger, my dad, when my mom was out of town, like she'll go to work and I'll stay home. My dad and I will have the whole entire floor just filled with vinyls. And we'll just listen to like different groups, like uh, the OJs or uh, Parliament, Lakeside and stuff like that. Now the music that I listen to is very much like, there's this one artist called D Smoke and he's really good. Um, Kirby is really good. I want to say D Smoke, he was on that Netflix show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His brother is uh, Sir. He's signed to a, a Top Dog with Kendrick and everything. And both of their musics are really good. Um, there's this one artist, he's Erica Badu's background singer. His name is Duran Bernard. His album is crazy. Um, of course, you know, the Queen Beyonce, her. Um, <laughs> I feel like all Black artists just have this thing. It's just like Ari Lennox. Oh, yeah. I can listen to her music all day, every day, and not get tired of it at all. Right now, it's Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder? Is that what you said? Yeah. Stevie really? Wonder. Legend. <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah. When did you start really? listening to Stevie Wonder? Because, like, I, no, because I grew up listening to Stevie Wonder. We grew up in the same house. Yes, I know. <laughs> but it's just it's no, just but... interesting how hearing you say that like that is influencing you because I I just I didn't think that it would, but I'm glad it is. Yeah, and there's like this other song called Chains. I think I showed it to you one time. It's it has like a bunch of different oh, artists. Oh yeah, like, I love that song. Yeah, Common, Neo. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine Dupree. It's for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. I love that song. That song, that song got me through first quarter when I was in my African history class. Mm-hmm. That song got me through that class. So, but yeah, I've been listening to a lot of like 90s, 2000s music. Yeah. I'm again, very again, all around the Yeah, I'm very like all around the place. Like all over the place. 50s music. Bops, seven, uh, 60s, bops, 70s, 80s, 90s, two, early 2000s, 2010s. Like, I'm all over. Like, when I had to do the playlist for Black History Month up there at uh, Penn, yeah. I would pl- get playlists, make playlists every Friday, give it to the to play the music during uh, lunch and everything. And it was just weird because like I would be over there jamming out to my playlist. My playlist is good. And then everybody just sitting around like eating their lunch. But like when you play music that they're familiar with, it's, oh yeah. And I'm over here on the side with my friends and we're all like singing and dancing. And it's just like, y'all missing out on good music. Y'all think 
y'all think your music is good? Oh, cannot even touch ours. Like, especially with like the music that they were coming out with during the civil rights era. Really, really good music. And it helped, it was like basically storytelling about what's going on. And it still kind of works now. You know, yeah. even when uh, the movie Selma came out and Common and John Legend had that song, Glory. Oh, I love that song. Oh, I still bang that song to this day. Even, oh, and then uh, soundtrack, the whole album for um, Black Panther that uh, Top Dog the and then Kendrick Lamar did. All, all the, the stars, and Kendrick. Stupid. At the end of the movie, when you hear that in the credits, it just does something. Even hearing that whole album, like I was listening to it the um the other day, and I was like, wow, like this is some good music. Even the music for the um new movie, uh Judas and the Black Messiah, that is some good music because it's not it's even though it is inspired by that movie, it still is like you can use it for anything. You can take it and put it in any little place that you want to hear it at. And it's just so good. Music is, uh, it gets you through a lot. It does. It does. Like right now, I agree with you guys. I'm listening to a lot of old school music. Beyonce, like you said. Quick question. Wait, quick topic about Beyonce. Cause she's the queen. And people think that she's overrated. I don't know why. Anyways, Beyonce. I'm not going to get upset. Her song, first of all, the B-Day album, no skips. And then if we're going to talk about a collab that she did that nobody talks about, until the end of time with her and Justin Timberlake, that song, nobody talks about that collab. And that song, it's so good. Nobody talks about it. I don't know why. I, every song on the Lion King album, when I tell you what she came up with that, I cried. I cried. Black is King? I cried watching that. That was such a beautiful that film. That was beautiful. I thought, and, I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, like the art behind it and how she used the visuals. That made that how she brought the story to, the storyline of Lion King and put it into like that little boy and everything around him and like you remember like in the scene where the little boy was like in this woods at night and the motorcycle came and like hit his dad that was supposed to like replicate uh, replicate Simba and Mufasa in in that little thing and I was like oh my gosh like it was so good and how she got like all these different African artists and artists just to do all this work like and then the credits she credited every single body. If you got tissues, she was like credits. Yep. It was just so good. The I'm visuals. Sorry. I how I she think, kind of like, I don't think that woman is overrated. That woman has actually gotten her music has gotten me through a lot. What? So beyond yeah, Beyonce. Lemonade album. The what album? The oh, lemonade the album. album. Hold on, before we talk about lemonade, <laughs> the homecoming live album. Yeah, I listened to Homecoming Live and performed that in the shower like I'm Beyonce at Coachella. You cannot Ooh. tell me anything. Yep. I even know some of the choreography from watching it because I've seen Homecoming so many times. When that came out, I watched it at least 10 times. I was oh. watching it just like cleaning my room. When the album came out, I remember it was senior year and I'm over here just walking around campus. I'm late to school, like always. I'm in the library. I go to my Apple Music and I'm like, Beyonce dropped something new? And I'm listening to the whole thing, having a full on panic attack inside the library. And I'm over here trying not to scream. And I'm walking out talking about, say my name, say my name. Like just going crazy. And the transitions in that film and her talking about how like her pregnancy problems and everything, I was like, and it's, she's just perfect. She's perfect. Yeah. But like, okay, so Beyonce's up there. Sierra's song, Rooted, that came out. The song, Ping Black Girls, is a good song. Yeah. Sierra's song, Living It Up, that's a good song. That's a good song. It's just... Um, Do you guys uh, listen to Masego? 
No, I don't know who that is. Okay, uh, it is. Let me spell it out. Just in, okay. So it's M A S E G O, and so I think I was in middle school when his first EP came out called Pink Polo, and he kind of like infuses jazz with trap hip hop, and he plays the saxophone in his music in his songs, and it's so good. His last album, Study Studying Abroad, was really good. Lady Lady is such a good album. I went to that concert and seeing this man play the saxophone on stage and then he's rapping, he's singing. It's so good. His music is so good. Chloe and Hallie, we need to give the girls their credit. Mm -hmm. Cause I've been on them since they were little on YouTube. Forgive me. Forgive, forgive me. me. The whole album was good. Ungodly is good too. Ungodly Hour is such a good. Uh. I'm gonna say right now, Big Sean's new album. I need to get on that. Oh. The whole album is a good album, and I'm also gonna plug in Nipsey Hustle's Victory Lap album is also. Oh yeah. Very. Oh yeah, for sure. Of course. Kind of backtracking. It's a very when good. When Beyonce and Jay Z brought out uh, the Carters, Everything Is Love album. That's a good right. album too. That album i listened to for two weeks straight no skips just back to back it's such a good like uh music is so beautiful nice. you guys. huh i said black music is just beautiful oh it really is yeah and then like i i have my playlist of you know singers the like the white singers but they have like the soul and it's just, like, you could tell who their influences are. And then, like, the good thing, they say who their influences are. Yeah. They don't just be like, oh, well, yeah, I'm here. I'm good. You know? <laughs> like, they give credit where credit is due. And it's just, uh, but the album that you guys really need to listen to is Durand. Durand. Yes, D-U-R. And then with the, uh, the, the symbol for the and sign, that's the name of the album. Okay. It's so good. He has a song on there called Stuck with Ari Lennox. Mm -hmm. And it's so good. Also for Black, you know, influencers, but I, don't, I guess you could call them influencers. Um, since I play tennis and it is Australian Open season. I don't know what you're going to say. The semifinals between Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka mm -hmm. had me in full-on panic mode because I want Serena to get her 24 Grand Slam. But the amount of slander that I see on Serena's name is so annoying because it's like, first of all, ma'am has been in this industry for 25 years. She has 23 grand slams. Mm -hmm. And she has been through so much drama based around her skin tone and her body saying that she looks like a man. And it's like, she is just too good for all this and especially like they like i don't know just but i love her attitude she's like you guys can slander me all you want i'm still here just it's what we need like i i understand I, I hate when people say sports have no room for political you know conversations but it needs to be said you know like when people tell lebron like should shut up and dribble i was like Y'all know he's I've black. I heard about that. So but it doesn't matter if he goes out driving in a Rolls Royce, he still might get pulled over racially profiled. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, people think there's not a place for politics. <laughs> there is. Because we're yeah. like wearing masks, saying that, okay, if things are, don't change, like we're not going to play. Yeah. And like we're doing all this stuff. So obviously we're making room for we're making right. them have the conversation and because if it's too uncomfortable for them that's why they don't like it i know but i mean the you're not always going to be in comfortable situations you know that's okay. just like in, in order to get comfortable we have to get uncomfortable yeah yep and i, I was telling my I, I tweeted this out i was like just with the whole thing with like the whole racial divide and everything i said I feel like personally, I feel like white people are more afraid of the black person that they make up in their head. And so they project that fear and that guilt onto us. 
when in reality all we want is just to be treated equally because i feel like if they were put in that situation and having to deal with that for 400 years they would want revenge and they're scared that we want that too and so it's just like us talking about it kind of like oh whoa. no because they're scared and everything it's like bro just and we're not saying say sorry for being white i hate when people say that well i'm sorry and i'm like nobody's asking you to say sorry or just like, like what I, didn't, I didn't participate in slavery yeah i know neither did I, I. I didn't participate in slavery that's not the point like yeah like neither did i like i but i still am still affected by it till this day it's i could be friends with any and everybody but like when you start pushing and like shaking the table they start saying well just say you don't like white people and just just say that like it's not not that it's literally not that literally we're the ones who are pushing for like quality like equal things like and because i asked for it i shouldn't be categorized as you don't like white people no it's very like all we want to do is just be treated equally and if that's really that hard then dang like y'all are just out of luck but i think this was a great conversation yeah i really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to talk to me and just to have this conversation and discuss some things any day um do you guys have any final thoughts or anything else you would like to add um just you know black history is not only african-american history is america's history so it's very important to learn and understand and try to sympathize and empathize with people yeah oh and pro-black does not mean anti-white all i have to say is that like black history Month will always be important no matter what people say and it's always going to be around every february we're still living in history like we're all all of us we're all still like making like our own history that we can tell in the future our history never stops like we'll never stop making history yeah well thank you again guys i really appreciate you talking to me and being a part of this podcast and i miss you guys and i'll see you soon miss you too miss you too (laughs) bye okay